Live from the Horizon Event Center, time to go deep with your host, Tariq, only on 1350 ESPN. Said I'm going to be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Go deep. Welcome to Go Deep. I'm your host, Tariq. Joined here with my producer, producer Frenchie, uh, who is fresh off his bachelor party. And uh, because my producer, Frenchie, is built, uh, let's just say built different, uh, he held his bachelor party at the Velisca Axe Murder House in Velisca, Iowa. Nope, not me. Not your boy. So you and paint this picture for me real quick. We'll get into the show. We got a fun show for you. Plenty to come. Uh, plenty to come. But I mean, the Velisca Murder Axe Murder House. First of all, where is it? Uh, Velisca, Iowa. It's about an hour and a half, two hours uh, southeast of Des Moines. So you and like five dudes decided to go to this haunted house for your bachelor party? No no strippers? No dancers? No escorts? Nothing. Just a little bit of alcohol and just want to get the you know, crap scared out of us pretty much. What, give me the house. So 1912, this is actually the thing that basically took the uh, Titanic off the front pages in Iowa. A family came home from a uh, performance at church. And it was family of six, two parents, four kids, and they had two friends staying over their daughters and all hacked to death by an axe that never caught. It's Iowa's longest cold case. Ooh. And uh, Ooh. some of the biggest uh, you know, ghost adventures has been there. Some of the biggest paranormal teams in the world have been there. It's considered to be one of the most haunted and scariest places in the entire country. And that's where you decide to spend your bachelor party. I've been obsessed with this house since I was 14, so it was... It's actually my fiance's idea. It's like, why don't you guys go to Velisca for? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad idea. We had to uh, convince my best man of it because he, you know, is uh, very scared easily. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be there, and I, I almost feel like I might have put out a life insurance plan and then said, "Hey, how about you uh, head over to the Velisca house and see how that goes?" Did you hear? Was it scary? Oh yeah, it. I. There, nope. you, it just feels weird when you walk in. It's just. It's a very kind of mind and body numbing experience being in that house, knowing its history, and then. Caught, you know, we set up some recorders and caught some really, really weird stuff. And okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that throughout the show. Uh, that, that You're built different, man, because I could never. Uh, welcome to Go Deep. We got a fun show for you today. We have Dallas Cowboys coaching assistant and former NFL quarterback Seneca Wallace joining us in about 30 minutes. Uh, I think he's actually on his way to Iowa right now to prepare for the opening of his new Ankeny wing stop on the 25th of March. Uh, we'll discuss that opening and, of course, his beloved Cowboys finally signing their franchise quarterback this week. Uh, so Seneca will join us here in about 30 minutes. Also joining us is CJ, CJ Snare, uh, the lead singer of the band Firehouse. Firehouse will be the first big national show to hit Iowa since the pandemic, performing live at the Horizon Event Center in Clive. I believe limited tickets still are available at HorizonEventCenter.com. CJ should be calling us to kick off the number two hour at 10 a.m., I believe, here on Go Deep. Uh, of course, NFL score or former NFL and former Hawkeye great Tavian Banks, who missed us last week, uh, will be back on the program this week with his bank on it statement. And my favorite comedian, Dante Powell, will join the program here in about 10 minutes to chop it up about the headlines of the week and deliver his big old statement. I love when Dante joins us early. It brings a little extra energy, extra boost to the show. Uh, throughout the show, we'll try to keep you updated on state basketball tournament going on right now at Wells Fargo Arena, downtown Des Moines. Although all I really care about is the 8 p.m. matchup. Uh, tonight between number one Waukee and my underdog Ames High Little Cyclones. You ready for that, Frenchie? I think it's going to be a great matchup. You got a really good point guard matchup. I can't remember the name of the kid from Ames, but uh, yeah, class of 22, he's one of the top recruits, probably number one in the junior class, and he's going to be taking on the guy who's the de facto point guard for Waukee, Tucker DeVries, who we've talked at length about with him 
about him and his dad. And his dad going to Drake. Uh, who I think you think uh, Drake is in the in the tournament? They slid in with that, even though they lost in the championship. I think it's gonna be put him in. I, I think it's gonna come down in. to the bubble. If a couple teams get some upset wins, and if you get an, if you get a Michigan State that wins the Big Ten tournament, That's where my money is right now. If if you get that, that could take up one of those at large bids. That uh, it's like okay, well, you know, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, they didn't win, and those. Four all going to the dance. Now Michigan State's in there too. That takes away a bubble appearance for some of these. But they got them. Even if Iowa State was to make a run and win the Big 12, even though they lost last night to Oklahoma in a in a fairly fault, well fought game. You know, I give them respect. They stayed in it for a little bit. Uh, but even a team like that to go on and win it, I still think you got to put Drake in just because of the season they had with COVID uh, and some of the runs they had throughout the season. It's a tough team. So that's just me, a new fan, trying to uh, pull my new team in there, my Drake Bulldogs. Uh, so great show coming up for you today. But first, we got some headlines. NHL signs a seven-year Disney deal to show games and events on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN streaming platforms, including Hulu. NHL has aired on NBC properties since 2004, I believe, uh, even though they were dominated by the ESPN market during the 90s. Is this a big deal, Frenchie? I think so, because what made NBC so great, Karen Emmerich. Yep. And he. this is the first season where he's retired, so... I think it's a nice change because now you're going to get m more exposure. And I think a lot of people don't really watch NBC Sports outside of Sunday Night Football. So yep, it, on ABC. So it's going to compete with that uh, ABC NBA. Uh, but I mean, look at Disney. Just why? who knew the happiest place on earth was the sports mecca now? Uh, they're, they're, and uh, I think it's a good deal for both parties. NHL is still in demand, apparently. I, I didn't know that. Uh, and Disney once again helping ESPN resume or resume its dominance. Of sports programming um as it was in the 90s off because there's all these new channels now and, and all these leagues have their own channels as well uh so it's kind of hard to stay a, a monster in this game and disney's money is making sure espn can do it uh whew, whew, okay enough hockey coverage for the year i think <laughs> is that the first uh nhl nhl coverage we've done in three months uh yeah it's pretty close unfortunately well and i like hockey and my flyers are doing well and i, I have money on the montreal canadians to win it all uh, or actually, I take that back. Maple Leaf. I get those Canadian teams mixed up. I think I have money on the Maple Leafs to win it all. But whatever it was, it was good odds. So I don't. Uh, we'll we'll try to have uh, an Iowa Wild player or coach join us here in the next few weeks as we get closer to the hockey playoff season. Uh, but back to what we love around here: NFL news. Dak finally got signed. But who won the deal? Personally, think Dak won the deal. I think the Cowboys overpaid, but they got desperate. Uh, yeah, uh, Dak definitely won this deal. $40 million a year, $75 million in that first year, $125 million guaranteed, Big which is a, hat. that's hat more hits. than the uh, contract that Mahomes signed. Yep. Mahomes is back end friendly, which he'll never make it to. He'll either extend or trade out. Uh, so it was a great deal by the Chiefs for that way and still making Mahomes the top paid quarterback. Yeah. But Cowboys, I, I think they kind of rushed into this deal. It's a deal that should have got done a, a year ago. Uh, so we knew the Cowboys didn't want to tag him again and again because that was going to cost him even more on the cap. Uh, so they kind of pinned themselves in the corner. Uh, but now a ridiculous amount of cap money by Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper, you know, which are three great players. But uh, I, it's and I hate to say Deke is on the other side of his career, but it seems to be slowing down without that great offensive line in front of him. Uh, and Amari Cooper, you know, surrounded by those two or three other receivers there. I don't know if he's that great anymore. Uh, and I think he would be if he went to another team. I doubted him when he was with the Raiders when that big trade happened. I didn't think the cow, I didn't think it was worth it. Uh, but he, he's proven himself. 
Uh, but now he's just kind of drowning in a in a world of uh, a lot of talent in Dallas. But it is all that cap space. Are you going to be able to add the pieces that you want to add? As an Eagles fan, I would like to think that this will hinder them from recouping that O-line and defense. Uh, but no better feeling heading into training camp knowing that you have your franchise quarterback. I think the Cowboys will definitely be the beneficiary of just getting some players back healthy. They had a lot of different offensive line combos last year. So getting Tyrone Smith back, even if he's not at 100%, 90% of Tyrone Smith is still better than most left tackles or right tackles in the league. But the rest of that line is old. I mean, you think three, four years ago, they had the number one offensive line. And for good reason, they were plowing over dudes, dragging guys across the field. And and Zeke was running all over people. Then he got that contract and kind of died out, had some legal issues and... Uh, then the DAC issue. So, I mean, they're heading to training camp with their quarterback, with their running back. Uh, presumably, all the important pieces signed. They just need to add a lot of pieces. And we'll touch on it a little bit with uh, Cowboys coaching assistant and NFL for, or former NFL quarterback, Seneca Wallace, who will join the program in about uh, 25 minutes, I believe. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, we asked this question on social media, uh, but does Bears fans really want Russell Wilson in Chicago? My sources say Chicago is about to make a huge offer for us. And I know Russ put the Bears as one of his, I don't want to be traded, but if I were, here is where I want to go. <laughs> you know, that story sounding like an O.J. Simpson novel. Uh, but if Robinson doesn't get re-signed in Chicago, really cook in Chicago, what weapons will they have besides Russ and the defense? Uh, Tyreek Cohen and Montgomery are a great tandem if they're able to keep both of them trading for Russ. Uh, but are they enough to what, to win in what could be a, a tough NFC North? I, I, and I don't know what to think about the Lions. But I got to think they're going to be better than last year, right? I don't know. They just traded Stafford, don't forget. And they're probably going to let Kenny Galladay walk. So I would assume the Lions are going to be next year. <laughs> I think the Vikings will be better because I think that defense will bounce back a little bit. Yep. And their offense is going to, you know, they lost some offensive coaches. Uh, so it, things will, I don't know. Bears fans, you let me you let me know. Later this hour, I'm opening up the phone lines. Uh, 515-244-1350. That's 244-1350. We'll try to open the phone lines around 9.45 and 10.45, uh, depending on how long these interviews go later. Uh, but man, I get Sierra liking to shop in Chicago, but you're telling me Russell Wilson couldn't pick a better top four with a team of a glimmer of a Super Bowl hope? I mean, and I like the city of Chicago, but I mean, Super Bowl in the next two years, Russell Wilson getting to pick his top four teams. If it wasn't for Sierra, would Russell have picked Chicago at all? I don't know. I, I feel like that's why he's picking Chicago because Sierra would love to. She can, you know, you can make movies there. You get music career there, uh, shopping. Life, there's nightlife. Uh, I get it. But and Bears fans, tell me I'm wrong. 515-244-1350. I'm gonna open up the phone lines in about 45 minutes, 40 minutes. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. But can Russell really cook in Chicago? Uh, so we'll ask Dante Powell about that as well. I know uh, the Bears made the playoffs last season, but all that did, in my opinion, was hurt their draft pick. And, uh, and honestly, they lucked into a playoff spot because that six seed in the NFC, the first five seeds, yep. great. Six, seven, that's where you really saw a drop off. You can you can thank the NFC East for that. And that won't be the same next year. Trust me, the NFC East can only get better and we will be better. Uh, and I, I got faith in my Eagles and obviously Dak is signed. Uh, so Chicago's going to have to get better as well. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to Dante Powell last, uh, about that coming up here after the break. He, who last week, I believe, said the Bears are one of the five or six teams who are possibly only a QB away from the Super Bowl run, kind of like the Buccaneers were last year. Uh, I didn't agree with Dante when he said that, but he'll be joining the show here right after this break. 
We will also get into the conference tourneys with Dante, Big Ten tournament, Big 12 tournament, both looking tough, or both Big 12 tourney, both looking tough. Uh, this weekend is going to be amazing as a sports fan. So after a year hiatus, Dante Powell after the break is go deep. Welcome back to Go Deep with your host, Tyreek, live from the Horizon Event Center Studios. Ah, who the heck goes to an axe murder haunted house for their bachelor party? That's my producer, Frenchie, right there. Uh, welcome back to Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Joined here with comedian Dante Powell, an avid sports fan. Dante, when's the last time you put... Uh, well, first of all, tell me this. Six black guys, bachelor party coming up top 10 list where on that list does the Velisca axe murderer house fall um it's gonna fall pretty low on the list you're gonna have <laughs> to make a longer off. list it's, it's falling off that list because it's not even a thought <laughs> uh would you be would, would you be caught dead and no pun intended caught dead at the Velisca axe murder house man you know what younger me absolutely would not have but now that i've been living in iowa for a while you try i'm it? start man listen i have been trying to talk my comedy group there's just me and five other black dudes into going on a road trip to Mount Rushmore because I want to go to this place called Bear Country USA. Yeah, I'm in familiar. South Dakota. Yep. Yes, sir. And it's not and a far so, drive. Right. And they like they're like, nah, we're not doing it. There's live bears just out and all we're in is a car. Like bears know how to open doors. We're not doing it. But I feel like I would like I'd much rather them go somewhere where there's a live danger like bears <laughs> than like a metal danger like the the like haunted house like i'm just like no i, I don't know Chris, <laughs> you give a scenario because you didn't have power or anything right or beds uh no power no uh electricity no water running water in the house it's they basically gutted it because people live there for about 70 80 years after nope everything happened <laughs> nope <laughs> um yeah a lot of people moved out because of you know the the fact that it's supposed to be haunted and I, uh yeah i don't know I, i'd rather up to the bear no actually no no i well I, that's a great a great, here's great the thing. question a bear will rip you apart <laughs> yeah. a ghost is just gonna scare you maybe scratch you yeah a bear scratching oh. is gonna be a lot more painful <laughs> but I, so here murder. let me i do need to say this yesterday i had to go to fairfield iowa uh to get my covid vaccine and on the way i saw a sign for the uh american gothic house so i thought you know what i'll go check this thing out absolutely not worth it like well, well let me just it wasn't worth it for me i got there and i was like wow this is not that cool i feel like at least you got something out of being at the house and actually being scared by it so that i do i'm like okay that's okay. cool but yeah, you know, know. dante i'll text you a link for we set up recorders i'll text you a link to uh yeah, some it, of the stuff we caught it did it, it didn't sound friendly <laughs> <laughs> but, okay but yeah, yeah you let me know when you're headed that way dante we'll uh we'll send a zoom cam with you uh but <laughs> we're, we're going back in a couple months probably if dante wants to come oh no nope i don't think he does uh dante you told me last week the bears <laughs> and the vikings are potentially a, a, a good qb away from a super bowl run kind of like the tampa bay buccaneers were last year and, and i say good qb loosely a great qb or at least that mentality like a uh like a russell wilson uh, but in your honest opinion, Kim Russ, Cook, and Chicago, and you say it last week, you know, they have Robinson, uh, but even if they kept Robinson, can Russ, Cook, and Chicago, and can they make a Super Bowl run? Of course, yeah. I mean, look, if you've got a good, if you've got Khalil Mack as the anchor of your D-line, like, you're in a spot that very few teams are in. Like, if you look at 
the way that the Bucks elevated their defense. Uh, Ty Bowles doing a great job coaching them. And then the players just stepping up yep. and doing what they needed to do. Like, Chicago's a decent defense. They had a great defense. If, and I, I, when I say decent, I mean, like, I'm waiting to see what they're going to do in the draft and free agency. Yeah, they got a few pieces, but they got a defense. They they need to tighten up that O-line. I don't know if they have enough we- weapons. And Russell hasn't always needed weapons, but he's always kind of had weapons. We might have underestimated his weapons in Seattle, but he's always kind of had weapons, whether it's Lynch. Well, uh, and, and Montgomery and Tyreek Cohen are a great tandem, but I feel like they're going to have to give up something, one of them, to get Russ. Uh, I, you potentially. Know. But, I mean, but also, the, like, when they won their Super Bowl, it was very much the Legion of Boom leading them, and all Russ had to do was cook. Like, like there's a difference between letting Russ cook and expecting him to make, like, a five-star Michelin-rated meal and saying, hey, Russ, we just need to get some burgers and hot dogs out to keep, you know, to give us sustenance. Like, yep. if he can go out there and just do what he did in Seattle with a slightly better offensive line. And a lesser and coach, per se. <laughs> that, I, yeah. That's fair. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, mediocre weapons, I, I think he can do it. I, I don't know. Maybe I just have... No, you're much faith in the you, guy. You're but. making a lot of a lot of Bears fans happy. And, and Bears fans, uh, 515-244-1350, 244-1350, opening up the phone lines here in about 30 minutes. Uh, speaking of cooking, uh, your boy Leonard Myers uh, was cooking on some Call of Duty and cooked out. Myers of, Leonard. Myers Leonard. There we go. See, that's why he shouldn't be named that way. That's why, Who flips it like that? Uh, Myers Leonard <laughs> for, for Miami Heat was cooking on some uh, Call of Duty and started cooking out some words. Uh, that, you know, you don't really hear besides in the prison system anymore, uh, a K word. <laughs> When's the last time you said, heard someone say, oh, he said the K word, you know, that's, it's a word that we don't use anymore, but he just spit it out. Like it's definitely part of his uh, language. And I don't think he was saying it, uh, knowing that the person on the other end was Jewish, which I don't know that they were or weren't. I think it's just part of his language when he's talking trash, which is a problem, but we got to talk about it because we talk about every, every situation, you know, good or right. Uh, where are you sitting with, uh, Leonard My- Myers Leonard? <laughs> I'm not sitting anywhere near yeah, him. You sitting like, at his table? You sitting? At, <laughs> you eating lunch with him? Like, he's taken? Like, no, don't look, man. Like, listen, we've been through this. We, we went through something. Uh, I won't say it was like exactly the same with uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, because his was a little. His was directed like it, yeah, at towards yes, the Jewish yep. community yep, and, and Nick Cannon. Uh, and Nick, yeah, and Myers is saying that he didn't know what it meant. He sure but, used to but, like he knew what it meant. <laughs> His was almost I, and 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 I, the Morgan Wallen, you know, uh, you know, not yeah. necessarily saying it to a, a black guy's face, but yelling it like it's part of your language, knowing that you that shouldn't be part of your language. The the problem I'm having with all of it is like I don't want people thinking that I'm not a proponent of free speech because you know that that's one of the things. Oh yeah, people like to throw on comedians and uh, yeah, and you gotta you gotta but, be harsh the, as a comedian. The thing is, you can't you can't be out here uh, benefiting from everyone and then treating segments crappy. Like you just can't, you can't like, there are so many people who are Jewish who support the NBA, who by that metric support Myers Leonard. And he's benefiting greatly from that. Like the people who were watching him play the video games, I'm sure some of them, 
were Jewish. One of the owners of the Miami out. Heat is Jewish. Right. So you, you can't <laughs> be out here doing stuff that's going to uh, hurt those people. Yeah. So for a lot of people who say things like, you know, sticks, words do hurt people. Ooh, yeah. And if people are telling you that the words hurt them and you're going out there using the ones to hurt people, then that's you being disrespectful. So he's got to own that. He's got to he's got to sit in it. He's got to accept it and he's got to do better. And oh, he's got to marinate in it because anyone who who has an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, ex-wife, ex-husband know that words hurt. Uh, so as we grow older, we know we know that words hurt. And so I'm with you on a freedom of speech. And especially as a comedian, you got to be ruthless and say some harsh, mean, uh, unpopular things sometimes to be funny. And, and a lot of times you don't have to, but it's just it's part of it goes with it. But there's also consequences of your actions and your words, and especially when your possible owner might be Jewish, especially when you're a public figure, especially when you're live streaming it. Uh, you know, right. so it's got to, he's got to marinate in this for a while and take whatever consequence comes with it. Uh, you know, almost like McDermott, you know, the, the Creighton, you know, they waited till after the right. Villanova loss to do something, which I didn't think he should get fired for. Uh, but he had to, he had, they had to set some kind of example because you can't have coaches run around yelling plantation. Like it don't affect our feelings. You know, words the hurt. thing with McDermott is that like, did he have to do it with a like piece of wheat <laughs> hanging out of his mouth and a wheat on with a whip right. in his hand? Yeah, like exactly. That, he definitely looked that like made... a sharecropper. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he said it. Uh, you just don't hear a plantation like that unless you're in the South. I see, you know, in Gainesville, Florida, when I would go down there and visit my grandmother, every other street is called plantation something, plantation something. But when you're talking to a room of eight out of 10 people or black guys, uh, including a coach, you, you got to be careful with your words. And I don't care how emotional you are. It shouldn't be a part of your language. And the, and the same with this guy. He's, he's playing little kids on Call of Duty, you know? And he's throwing out words yeah. that kids never even heard of. No, haven't made the dictionary since Webster changed in the you know forties and sixties. Uh, so yeah. it, he's dropping dimes out here, and I mean, and we'll and we'll stay on this negative talk here because you said it best uh, a few months ago, and, and now it runs on our daily promo during the week. I believe the quote was, "We just need to treat women like people." And here we are again with another scandal of a man trying to use his power to get some action. I hope you know I'm talking about Les Miles right here. Uh, yeah. will, will your boy Les Miles, because how we treat things like this, will your boy Les Miles be coaching in the next two or three years? Because I feel like he will probably get a job somewhere. No, I doubt it. I don't think, I think partly just because he's old, but he's like I winning coach, man, winning history. So I don't like, this isn't something that comes up a lot in Iowa, but the LSU football program has been pretty toxic lately, man. Like it, yeah. one of those things <laughs> as an LSU fan, I'm not. Like, I'm not comfortable supporting them publicly yeah. the way I used to be. Recruiting issues, like, at, the parties, the women. No, like, the, the absolute, like, there's a culture of sexual abuse against women there. And it, it's not, it's not okay. So, like, th there's, like, not even just that. Like, Orgeron came in, and we've still got the same issues with players uh, committing rape. Like, th it's just not yeah, okay. So... Like, I I hope that Les doesn't end up with another job because I don't think he deserves it after what we're hearing about what he did. I don't think that, um, like, I just want the program to clean its act up. You know, it's one thing to go out here and have a bunch of recruiting violations and pay a bunch of players. I don't care about that. Do that. I If they had told me that LSU had been playing, paying players millions of dollars, uh, and they weren't supposed to, and that's how they've been winning. I wouldn't care. Like I'm fine with that. But yeah, LSU is a problem. It, but 
isn't isn't Kansas a problem too? Because and join here with comedian Dante Powell, uh, go deep here on thirteen fifty ESPN. I'm your host Tyreek. Isn't Kansas part of the problem? Didn't they know when they hired Lee, and they just fired their uh, AD as well? So that shows they mm-hmm. knew that when they hired them. Uh, but it, it, you look at it and say Kansas and don't think anything of it. But then you think about, oh yeah, Kansas, the basketball side, the side who has the same issues LSU has with the recruiting, with the girls, with the Snoop Dogg coming and dropping strippers on the stage, <laughs> you know, uh, which I didn't think was a big deal. But uh, it's always something with these big schools who have money, who have a history of winning, and also these big coaches who have money and have a history of winning. I, I think Les yeah. Miles will, you know, I think there's going to be another Kansas out there in two years who says, ah, he repented for a year. We need to get recruits in here. We need to start making money with our football program at Oregon State, a, a Pac-12 team, you know. I think he's going to well, get an opportunity. But I don't think he did well enough at Kansas to warrant it. No, like, yeah, he, that's why he lost his job so quick. They didn't fight for him at all because yeah. he was going to lose it anyway. Trust me, if Kansas had been, like, knocking on the door yeah. of winning the Big 12, he yep. might still be there now, but I don't think he and didn't that's do the well enough. Part. And that's what I mean. That's exactly what I'm talking about, him getting a job in two years. If they were still winning, you know, a winning coach, they're going to fight to keep that job. LSU, you know, you heard the, the email of the AD telling the president, hey, I think we need to let this guy go. Back in 2013, he still was there three more years because they're winning. Yeah. Because they're winning. So, you know, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, we're on that same track because it's a problem. And we, you know, I, I hate to sound soft on a, a guy, a male targeted show, but it's a problem the way we treat, <laughs> we, the way we treat these women, you know, and especially yeah, when we're in power. And I, again, Look, man, that's because I got daughters and I would hate for someone to try that on them because then it, it's going to be a problem with me. But yeah. there's nothing soft about treating women better. There's nothing soft about that at all, in my opinion. Yep. I agree. All right, man. You uh, ready to hop into this big O segment? Yeah, man. We're, let's let's make it fun. Let's do it. Let's Come on. Let's get it. You ready, Frenchie? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The Big O with comedian Dante Powell. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh boy. All right. Big O, offensive player, I borrow the week. Who you got, sir? Um, We're doing offensive. This is technically offensive. We're going to do it not about, like, on the field performance. We're going to do it financially. We're going to talk uh, financial, offensive performance. We're going to start with a gentleman uh, on our honorable mention, Michael Levy. I don't know if you've heard his name before. This is a guy who spent 175000 on on uh, NBA Top Shot, which is just a platform that you can buy, sell, and collect officially licensed video highlights. So the highlights he bought are now worth $20 million. And so, wow. like, as the trading card boom has kind of come back, yep. we've seen a massive spike in value. Uh, this guy is out there killing it. Um, my second honorable mention is going to go to Skip Bayless, uh, who we all know and love, who signed yeah. a four-year, $32 million uh, wow. contract extension with FS1. He can thank Chad uh, for that. He can thank Chad. Man, this man, uh, so he had an offer from uh, ESPN, who he used to work for, decided to stick things out at Fox. So now he's making $8 million a year, which makes him one of the highest paid voices in sports media, as well as sports in general. So, like, he makes more than people like Seth Curry, Trey Young, Donovan Crazy. Mitchell, and then all but eight NFL running backs. Wow. Good so, for him, Good for him. That's, that's my second one. And then the, uh, the offensive player of the week, of course, we got to go Dak Prescott. Signed a four-year, $160 million contract with the Cowboys. 126 guaranteed, $75 million in the first year. And now he's the second highest in the league behind him. So, 
Look, Ooh. man, he coming back off a leg injury and getting that kind of money. My man is the like that's the kind of unheard offensive of. production I want to put up. Yes, unheard of. And we will have Seneca Wallace <laughs> join us here in about two minutes uh, to talk that new big signing for Dak. I thought it was a win for Dak and not the Cowboys, but uh, it's a win oh. for the Cowboys because you go into training camp with your with your quarterback. So, uh, comedian Dante Powell, we appreciate you, man. The Big O, as always, we look forward to talking to you next week. It's it's tournament time, baby. I oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Former NFL back and Dallas Cowboys coaching assistant Seneca Wallace joins us right after the break. Let's go deep. Reminder, live music returns to the Metro a week from tomorrow, March 19th, with the 90s rock band Firehouse. Live at Horizon Event Center. Tickets still available, I believe, at horizoneventcenter.com. Uh, lead singer of Firehouse, CJ Snare, will be joining us here on Go Deep in about 35 minutes. So make sure you stick around for that. I'm your host, Tyreek. Joined here with Dallas Cowboys coaching assistant and former NFL quarterback and, of course, ISU Cyclone great Seneca Wallace. Seneca, what's, what's the last concert you attended before the pandemic, man? <laughs> now, la- you know what? It's funny. Last concert I attended was uh, Jagged Edge. Oh wow! Aging yeah, yourself, yeah. brother. Aging yourself. I yeah, love it, I know. I but love you know it. what? They they were on tour. Uh, it was Jagged Edge. I want to say it might have been Cisco. Oh no! Uh, yeah, yeah, show. yeah. That's a good it, show. Yeah, yeah. No, it was solid, man. I mean, and this was about probably about two years ago we attended that show. That was the last one, man. Before that, it was like probably uh, Kid and Play. Oh, yeah. Criss Cross. Criss Cross. Criss Cross. Criss Cross? Oh, yeah. And we lost yeah. one at Criss Cross now. Uh, <laughs> exactly. First and foremost, man, congrats on signing your franchise quarterback. It appears things can get back to normal as possible with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain to me how important it is to have those contract disputes out the way before training camp starts. I think it's just, uh, you know, kind of giving you a peace of mind as a quarterback. I mean, especially as you as a franchise guy, I think now, I think the biggest thing, what he was really looking for is just the, you know, stability, knowing that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones uh, back him 100%. Yeah. And I think uh, when you have a long-term contract instead on a franchise tag, uh, that's what a lot of players want. You know, they want that stability, knowing that they're going to be there. And with that franchise, franchise is invested in them. And so with that getting done and out of the way, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's going to put his best foot forward leading the troops and getting them ready for the season. So, and, and the good thing is with, with Dak, he's a hard worker. Um, from what I've been told, I think he, I haven't seen him or talked with him in a while. So uh, just back at 100% start next month, I mean, that's good because obviously he has a whole rest of the offseason to start getting his legs back under him and getting ready for training camp. Yeah, and as a, as a guy who's always for the players and against the man, so to speak, uh, I think this mm-hmm. is a Dak-friendly contract and not a Cowboys-friendly contract as far as the cap and everything else. Uh, so right. I, 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 I'm proud of him because coming off an injury, he, he still had all those, you know, he had all that leverage still coming off an injury, which you don't see often, even as a quarterback. Uh, right. So no. he, he set himself in a good position. And, and like you said, you don't, you don't want to have to franchise him another year or two more years. Right. Uh, but congrats on that, man. Speaking of franchise quarterbacks, how serious do you think Russell Wilson trade talk is? Uh, when it's out there, I mean, it's, it's yeah. somewhat serious. You know, I think uh, it's a 50-50 deal at this point. I think, you know, obviously you want to make sure franchise quarterback from the standpoint of the things that he's asking for. You know, uh, obviously he doesn't have to sit in the, the boardrooms and make the decisions on who they hire or who they bring in. But, 
you know, you want to hear him. You yep. want to hear what uh, the things that he feels like can make the team better. Because at the end of the day, he's the one leading the troops out there. And if he feels like his offensive line uh, needs improvement, which over the last few years they need to. And that's been kind of their staple for years, though. Of course, running the ball and having a great line. Correct. And and also just playing great defense because Pete Carroll is a defensive-minded head coach. And so it's more of, hey, I want to stack this team to make them defensive heavy. And then at the same time, I mean, shoot, when they even went to the Super Bowl, most some of those guys on the offensive line were D linemen. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, you know, that's been the biggest thing for them is the fact of just trying to understand, uh, you know, their offensive line. And obviously, like you said, years, their offensive line has been uh, pretty bad. You know, they I think they rank up there probably to the, the last as far as the offensive line goes. But, uh, you know, they've been heavy in run game and play action and, uh, and doing the things they do. But, also, over the last few years, their team has evolved and has changed, and, and that's just time. I think that always happens. Uh, it's just the nature of the business. It's the nature of the game, and so uh, I think they got to listen to him and try to give him what he wants. And you mentioned it's out there, so it's out there now, so it's got to be something. Correct. Uh, it got put out there kind of to start with uh, by Russell on Dan Patrick's show, mm-hmm. and then his agent kind of did one of those uh, O.J. Simpson novels. I don't want to be traded, but if I did, here's where here's where I live. But why in the hell would his agent put the Chicago Bears on that list? Is that a wifey Sierra pick uh, because of the market for acting, singing, and shopping and nightlife? Or can you see Russ going to Chicago and, and being able to roll there with the team they have right now, the coach, the GM? You know, the, I feel like yeah. there's another team that could have been on that Chicago. Why Chicago? Of course, but you, you just look at what Chicago has. You look at the demographics of Chicago. Uh, obviously, yeah, you take an account of the city. Um, you look at, uh, you know, the players they have around them and things that, and pieces that are, are missing. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, why does Tom Brady say Tampa Bay? Obviously, we know a little bit he did. One, it's warm. Uh, you know, that, that division over there has been, you know, down. You know, Drew Brees has been running that division. And obviously, you bring somebody else in the fold. But that team has always been really good on defense. Yep. And running, right? running but at the same time, offensively, you know, when you had Jameis Winston out there, and 40 touchdowns, that's just a, it's not good for a team's morale. And that's not going to win your Super Bowl either. Right. And you see what happened. You minimize that and you cut that in half and you bring in a quarterback. And, and, and we talked about this before. It wasn't like Tom Brady played lights out for the Tampa Bay Bucs. No, right. But he's still Tom Brady. He didn't have to. Exactly. He's still Tom Brady. He minimized the mistakes. And Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. He's not going to go out there and turn the ball over at a high rate. So, you look at all those factors. You look at all the key ingredients of what they got in Chicago, and they got a good defense. Um, obviously, they run the ball with Montgomery here at Iowa State. They yep. got good running backs. They got uh, Robinson out at receiver. I think they got a really good team, but missing over the last few years, a quarterback. And so, uh, you know, you go in there with, you know, the Detroit Lions, obviously Green Bay and what they do. Um, Vikings but only you gotta, get better. But you look at those situations and teams that are really in need that actually have a team that's already in place that's just missing the quarterback, and he listed those. You know, he had the Dallas Cowboys on there. They talked about the Oakland Raiders, and then they talked about the Chicago Bears. So, you know, just certain areas. I mean, obviously, you know, Sierra uh, and his wife or whatnot are not going to want to go to some uh, maybe Detroit or some place like that. You know, you still want to go to a place that's marketable. I I was just shocked I didn't see Miami on there or or San Francisco. you know, we, last week we talked about there's about five or six teams that could use that Brady effect. You know, they may not have made the playoffs or just made the playoffs, but they need that kind of leader in the locker room who can do enough to get to the playoffs. And I felt like San Francisco is one of those, Miami maybe even. 
And I, I, we tried to argue the Bears on there. I just, if they don't get Robinson back, I, I think they're in trouble, you know, as far as weapons. Uh, but you're right. No, I mean, Russ can bring a whole different mentality to the team, especially when you got a defense there and a possible run game. But you hit it on the head, too. I mean, yeah, we, we talk about Miami, but at the same time, they just drafted Tua yeah. last year. So you still have a young guy that can play. Mitch yeah. Trubisky, they've given opportunities. We Nick always Foles. know they've been trying to trade him the last year or so. So Nick Foles got an opportunity. So there's been guys in Chicago that have not gotten it done. They still need to see what they have in Tua. And Tua showed some life last year. So that's the other aspect. you got to figure out what quarterbacks are where and what places need quarterbacks. And yep. Miami's not really one of them. Uh, the Raiders, okay, yeah, we could say that with Carr. We've seen yep. Carr play over the last few years, and he hasn't really taken them where they feel like they need to go. So those are the situations. And obviously with the Dallas Cowboys, you guys are they know now. what we have. Yep. <laughs> you got studs, sad. you know what I mean? You're we off the list. The quarterback. You're off exactly. the list. Uh, and we're right. talking about Dak and Russ uh, because they're currently some of the greats in the sport at, at the moment. Uh, would you compare their style to, of play, how you play the position, or which current Corby, uh, QB fits that Seneca mode comparison the best right now, in your opinion? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think Dak and Russ are both different. Kyler's different in his own way. I mean, it's all about the system you're in. If I had to say anybody that was a system and it would be similar to how I play, it would be Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, with uh, Arizona and, and Kyler, what they do, is uh, in shotgun, all spread system, design runs, and stuff like that. Um, I would have taken my era of football when I was playing and the things that, and how we structured stuff around our offense. It would be very similar to uh, sure. I mean, Dak, a little bit different. Dak actually is in between what Seattle has been do- doing over the last few years in Arizona. So it's kind of a mix of both because Seattle's been mainly all West Coast type of offense, and then you bring in Cliff Kingsbury and his offense to Arizona, which is more of a spread wide open design mm-hmm. runs for the quarterback. And that's kind of what we do a little bit in Dallas with Dak as well. He is Seneca Wallace, a.k.a. Coach Wallace of the Dallas Cowboys here on Go Deep, uh, 1350 ESPN. You getting used to be called Coach yet? Or uh, what do you think? Uh, are, you, it sounds, are you feeling it? It sounds good, man. Yeah, it does it's sound smooth. good. Coach I'm not, Wallace. I'm not all the way used to it yet. You know, I mean, it, I think it has a good ring. I mean, obviously when I was, you know, last year coaching and hearing guys say, hey, Coach Wallace or, you know, and things like that, it's a little bit different. But I've been in that space for a while now, uh, but just not at that level as far as coaching in the National Football League. What do you think has been that biggest learning curve for you this past year or so as you enter mm-hmm. that professional coaching world? Because I know you did the prep uh, high school, but uh, yeah. was, what's that? what was the biggest learning curve? What was the toughest part this past I year? I think just learning the nuances of the game. I mean, the game has been it's changed so much since the last time I played. Uh, terminology has changed, you know, getting up to the new era now. And so it's a lot of that stuff. I think that's the biggest thing. The football is football. You're going you're gonna to know as a quarterback the X's and O's, but I think it's learning the nuances, learning, uh, you know, the, this, this era of well because now that's playing a big piece in it. And uh, so because things have changed, you know, we went from where we didn't have HD watching film to now they have HD. And these kids are all walking around with iPads. On the sideline. Playbook goes. Yeah. Right. On the sideline, you know, they're looking at Microsoft Surface. So we didn't have all that. We had black and white printouts (laughs) that only gave you still photos. So these dudes can actually go back and actually look at every single series. Crazy from angles. As if they're sitting there watching it. Yes. From like four different angles. So, that has been the biggest thing that, you know, has allowed me to kind of, okay, well, dude, this is this is a lot different from when I was playing. Yeah, and, and knowing, like you said, there's a lot of changes uh, since you last played. Knowing what we know about concussions, 
are you still allowing, would you allow your kids to play football or are you kind of pushing them in other directions right now? No, I would allow him to play. I, I think there's a certain time when I would allow him to play. I'm not going to allow him and put him out there where he doesn't really know what he's doing. So, like, right now I got him playing different sports to where he understands how his body is supposed to function, how it's supposed to move, you know, uh, flag football, soccer, different okay. things like that to work on in his fundamentals before I go throw him out there to the wolves and say, all right, now you're on offense. Now dodge these guys and don't let them hit you. You know, and yep. I think that that once they get an understanding of, you know, uh, obviously you're playing like it's crazy because our kids, they roughhouse a lot, right? They're out in the yard, they're in the house, you're playing roughhouse with them. And at the same time, you know, okay, he's physical. Now, how is that going to translate to when he puts pads on? Yep. And it, is it going to be the same, right? And now you want to see, okay, well, now he's playing flag football. Now does he know how to maneuver, drop his hips, cut, and plant, and all that stuff? And that teaches him so much before, okay, now we're going to put pads on and see what he does. So I think at a certain age is a sweet spot for me that I'll allow my son to start playing football. Outside of uh, coaching a pro team, coaching your high school prep team, dad, a husband, you found time to open another Wingstop location here in Iowa. That's right. Uh, tell me about your newest location. The newest location, man, is uh, on Oral Labor Road. It's 909 Southeast Oral Labor Road. My neck of the woods. You're in neck of the woods, man. Ankeny. So anybody knows Ankeny, Iowa, Oral Labor Road, literally we sit next to uh, the Battery Plus shop and the coffee shop right next to us, man. So okay. we're in a great, great location uh, right across Walmart. If you're coming out on the, I want to say the south side of the building of Walmart, uh, we're next to Caribou Coffee. Yep, that's Everybody correct. that loves Caribou Coffee, you pull in that, that, uh, that strip mall right there. It's only three of us in there. And Wingstop, beautiful Halo scientists right in the middle. <laughs> so for all of our wings, please come check us out on the 25th of this month. We'll be opening those doors ready to serve people of Ankeny. Will, will the little-known best chicken fingers in the country be on this menu, too? Oh, of course. <laughs> we call them chicken Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tenders are going to, they're always on the menu. We just don't really advertise them, but they're on the menu uh, if you want to place an order online. This is, and this is very unique with this store because it's only about uh, 1,100 square feet. So it's small, all carry out only. We have room for obviously when people come and pick up their food, but it's all carry out. It's my smallest store out of my four that I'll have here in the Des Moines, Ames area. So we really, really encourage everybody to order online, use Twitter, Instagram, uh, go through Facebook, however you do your ordering online. Do that before you come in, because obviously there's going to be a wait time of 18 minutes and we don't want people getting discouraged and upset because their food is not ready as soon as they get there. Oh, yeah. I already know where I'm picking up for March Madness sitting at home, not working all week in two weeks. Exactly. Opening. And March Madness is coming at, when is that, next week? It starts next week, Selection Sunday this Sunday, so the following week you guys open. Uh, oh, so, exactly. you know, it'll be perfect time and open in March 25th. Uh, any That's big right. plans for the grand opening? Will the Seneca Wallace be in attendance greeting the chicken lovers? Man, you know what? Uh, I will be back. That was our plan, but unfortunately with all the weather down south, it kind of put a little delay on our opening. We were actually supposed to open today. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, but we had some delays with our hood and some tile flooring and stuff like that. So we had to push it back. Um, but yes, I'll be back and then we'll do a big uh, grand opening when I come back in June, end of June. Well, stop in the Ames location today. You might see Seneca wandering around there. Uh, <laughs> remind us of all the uh, metro locations now and uh, and remind us about the hotel yeah. venture you got too in the Ames. Yeah, I'm actually at the hotel now. I'm at the corner.
restaurant. We opened this up in June of last year. So a uh, beautiful hotel, one of a kind. It's the Gen 6 model courtyard by Marriott. Nothing like it in the country, yeah. hands down. Gorgeous courtyard. Oh. Drinks by the fire there like a year ago when you guys first opened. Oh, man. On game day, this hotel is going to be great. These are oversized rooms to accommodate families of four. Uh, so that's that. And then obviously, like I just, we've been talking about 909 Oral Labor Road is my Ankeny store. We'll be open on the 25th. We'll jump down to Merle Hay Road. Uh, Merle Hay Road, right across from Target, Merle Hay Mall. Everybody knows that location. Yep. And then my Capitol Club location on East 14th has been doing great as well. And uh, that one sits right behind the Capitol. And the other thing is, too, and I hate to say that for all the fans, and there might be some listeners who love the Hawkeye, be opening a store. a lot. Right? In Coralville. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm opening. In Coralville. That will open in. Okay. That, that, that literally sits right by the mall. Yeah. So. I'm going over there in enemy territory at the same time, but you know, I, I own everything here in the state of Iowa. All right. He is Seneca Wallace, Cowboys coach and assistant, former NFL quarterback and cyclone great. And now the proud owner of the newest restaurant in Ankeny open in March 25th, uh, Wingstop right. on Oral Labor. Appreciate you as always homeboy. Safe travels. We'll talk soon for sure. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. All right. Next one, go deeper and uh, open up these phones. Russ Cook in Chicago. If a trade goes down, what weapons will they still have besides Russ in the defense? Montgomery, a good tandem, but are they enough? 515-244-1350. 244-1350 is go deep. You're tuned in to Go Deep on 1350 ESPN. Welcome back to the program. Uh, thanks, Seneca Wallace, opening a new wing stop in Ankeny, my neck of the woods. Finally, someone cares about Ankeny. Appreciate you, Seneca, coming through, spending 20 minutes with us and uh, talking all things Dak, uh, Russell, and, uh, you know, letting his kids play football. It's uh, it's a blessing that I have daughters because I don't want to make that decision, and they kind of make it for you when you have daughters. I know they can play football, but it's not a, a scene thing. They don't have as many high schools with a female football team right now. Uh, but it's always something I think about. It's like, man, even watching my daughter fall in volleyball and cheer is like, ah, imagine she was getting hit with pads on. Uh, but Seneca said he's with it. He was just make sure he uh, approaches it the right way. Uh, also, shout out to Dante Powell coming through, talking all things sports headlines with us. I believe Frenchie has some breaking news. We're going to open the phone lines right afterwards. 515, we're going to open phone lines right now. 515-244-1350, Can Russ cook in Chicago or Russ in Chicago? Bears fans, talk to me. 244-1350, Frenchie, breaking news. This just came to light in the last half an hour or so. The Duke Blue Devils are out of the ACC tournament. Positive COVID test. They will not play in the rest of the tournament. The season likely over as it was going to be requiring pretty much a championship run, if not a title in the ACC tournament for them to sneak in. They've had a couple of big wins this year, but yeah. Um, and this is coming off a big win last night against Louisville. Mark Williams, 23 points, 19 rebounds for him. Not 100% sure who the positive test was. But the kind of crazy thing is Duke has been one of like the strictest teams on it all season. They've been staying in a, uh, a hotel on campus the entire season and have really been they've even been staying in Greensboro with the other teams. They've been driving to and from campus on the team bus staying in that same hotel. Someone on that bus was lying and someone went to that bar. COVID don't care who you are if you're a blue blood team. I, and I'd argue and like you said, Duke, I think needed. Uh, at least three wins in this ACC tournament, make it to the semifinals or finals to have a chance at uh, breaking a bubble team. Uh, but I would argue that this is the best news Duke's gotten all season because they've been terrible at points. Uh, and especially against North Carolina, 
this year. I was pretty okay with it. I'm an NC fan, so yeah, I love it when you, they got smoked. But man, don't you love a good game with Duke and UNC? No. Yeah, I, 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 I. I'm Do not you a love a good game between the the Eagles and Cowboys? No, not at all. There you go. But, <laughs> but when I look back and see and return that punt against the Giants, I realized that yes, that was a great game, and I'm glad it came down to a touchdown. But yes, I want to win by 30. But Duke. UNC, Duke just hasn't had the consistency that a Coach K team normally has. They haven't had the discipline, the defense, uh, the movement of the ball. Uh, so I would argue that this is some good news for Duke. It's time to figure out who's going pro and let's regroup and come back strong next year. Uh, but they have done everything they can. It shows you COVID don't care who you are. It's going to catch you if you step out of line. Um, 515-244-1350, 244-1350. We'll open up these phone lines. We've got about two minutes left. Uh, of the hour still to come in the 10 o'clock hour we'll open up i believe cj snare lead singer of 90s rock band firehouse will be calling in to open the hour um we'll talk all things about his show coming up uh, i believe a week from tomorrow uh march 19th friday at horizon event center cj snare of firehouse we'll talk to him here in about five minutes and then tavian banks we missed him last week i think he was getting some inspections done so we'll try to speak uh with the bank on this segment um He'll be calling in here in about 30 minutes. So we're going to have some fun in the second hour. Appreciate Seneca Wallace and Dante Powell coming through. Duke Blue Devils officially out of the tournament. Not able to finish off their uh, ACC tournament run with a or just one person, but everyone's been exposed. So and I did see the rules this morning where NCAA said you need at least five players to play in the NCAA tournament. It's Man. crazy. Man, That's I just crazy. Think, I still think back to that Alabama game a couple years ago when Colin Sexton was still there. Went off. They had what four players went off and yeah. he went off and he kept him in the game against a full squad i, I think three or yeah. someone but oh my god i remember that he just had an incredible game to keep them in it and he's had several of those games this season with the cavaliers man he is if he was in a bigger market even on a bad team in a bigger market we would be talking about him for mvp at earlier in the season he hasn't been consistent like in b like lebron and i don't even want to put harding into that I, yeah he's changed his game and had a great season but i you know Embiid. if you take one of those three players away from their team harden Embiid, or lebron which team still might make it to the finals the nets yeah not the sixers unfortunately not the lakers unfortunately for lakers fans dante but i that and that's that's the sole reason why i don't think i think harden's having a great season i think he's really changed his personality and changed his style of play but this is what he does uh, so, you know, my, obviously I'm I'm in, impartial to Embiid, but uh, Duke Blue Devils no longer in the tournament. Thanks for the breaking news, Frenchie. Still a lot to come in the second hour. Am I missing anything else this hour, Frenchie? No, I think we're good. All right. Uh, let's go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. We're going to take a quick break. We'll talk to you at the top of the hour with CJ Firehouse. Go deep. He's going to go deep. And I mean deep. And I mean touchdowns. Live from the Horizon Event Center studio, it's time to go deep with your host, Tariq, only on 1350 ESPN. Go deep. Hour number two of Go Deep. I'm your host, Tariq, joined here with my producer, Frenchie. Uh, special shout out to Seneca Wallace, who just joined us in the last segment. Uh, along with, or about 10 minutes ago, uh, along with Dante Powell in the 9 o'clock hour. We still have coming up in about 10 to 12 minutes, CJ Snare of Firehouse, the 90s rock band. I believe Billboard calls them a glam band. Uh, how would you classify them, Frenchie? 
I don't know. They're kind of that soft rock they're type. Very but they do ballady. have a couple nice, nice hard hitting songs. They're very ballady. We'll ask CJ what he thinks uh, they should be classified as a type of it, rock genre. They kind of remind me a little bit of like Poison stuff like that. Yep, yep. And they were, uh, you know, anytime I think classic rock, I think 70s, but I believe they were late, late 80s to early 90s. Uh, Love of Lifetime. And they're huge overseas, apparently, according to my friend. So we'll talk to CJ Snare of Firehouse here in about 11 minutes. Also, Tavian Banks joining us in about 25 minutes. Former NFL scat back with his bank on its segment. A uh, lot of lot of breaking news. We talked Duke not making it into the tournament because of a COVID scare or uh, exposure. This pat or just breaking news the last 30 minutes. Uh, we also got some cuts from the Saints. Is that right, Frenchie? Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders and Janoris Jenkins. I think those are going to be two of quite quite a few. That team came in about eighty million dollars over the cap. Yeah, that should drop a decent amount. Maybe almost half of that off. Uh, still waiting on Drew Brees. Have we gotten an announcement from Drew Brees yet? Or is he still dropping more? Uh, I don't know. If we're going to get an announcement. <laughs> this guy, man. Hey, can we start calling him Drew Favre? Is it is it <laughs> is it too early to call him Drew Favre? Should I be mad? Should should Saints fans be mad that Drew Brees hasn't made a statement yet? I don't think so because I should ask Dante. <laughs> I don't think Saints fans, Saints fans have a ground to stand on to be mad at Drew Brees for anything after everything he's done for that team in City. Yeah, but uh, you know, you would think Packers fans felt the same way about Favre. Yeah, but the Packers weren't coming off Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, yeah, and I they, agree. They weren't who the, the Packers were a good organization before Favre. They had two Super Bowls. They weren't the, the Saints. I, I was agree. gonna say the Saints were who that before. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. At some point, you gotta say, all right, Drew. You know. Either come back and and second question: Do we? If I'm a Saints fan, do I want Drew Brees back? I don't. I don't think I do. Well, knowing what my other options are, I might, but I don't think I do at this point. Right? You want to see what what's next? You know what Drew Brees can do? He can get you there, but he can't get you there. I think if you're a Saints fan, you'd be kind of excited to see what you might be able to get in Jameis Winston. After Ugh. when's the last time someone said that twice? Uh, 2015. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. So yeah, the guy threw 30 interceptions. But also threw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns. An offensive beast when it came to stats. I mean, he led the league in both categories. Yeah. Uh, but that's not going to win a Super Bowl. No. But now you have seen him a year under Drew Brees. One of the Seemingly smart, matured. Yeah. And the guy that is quite possibly the most accurate passer in NFL history. He's now a year in Sean Payton's system. I would be excited to see what you might have with him. I think he's their best option, especially with the great defense they have. Uh, Taysom Hill, I I don't see him more than just a stunt quarterback. I believe they gain unless they're gonna make him a tight end and make him their top paid tight end. Uh I don't I, I get that they had to do it last year, but why not franchise a guy like that? Because if he's a quarterback, he's gonna get paid. Dollars. Yeah, that's why you don't list him as a quarterback. But either him, way, you're not gonna pay him even if he's listed as a tight end. Yeah, he, you don't want to pay him that money. You're not gonna pay him ten million dollars to be your backup QB. But you just paid him for three years. How much? I mean, I think he got seventy million dollars or something like that. I don't think he got that much. Really? I think he, I got, he got maybe twenty over three years. Oh, okay, okay. We need to check that. Uh but you know, Saints are obviously making room for cap space. They're looking to make some moves because they know they're right there and they're in a division where they gotta they gotta keep up. They can easily fall behind Tom Brady the next two years. And Tom Brady looking at extensions and once again looking at taking less money over the years to help the cap, to help bring more players in. Something that other quarterbacks haven't learned yet in the last two decades and wonder why Tom Brady still keeps winning. Uh, so congrats to GOAT again doing it. Uh, but uh, like I said, we got CJ Snare coming up uh, seven minutes calling in. Lead singer of Firehouse. But first, let's get into this D3 and 3, the greatest produced segment and radio right here on Go Deep with your producer, Frenchie. Can't forget the little guys. Don't forget the little guys. 
It's time for D3 and 3 with producer Frenchie. Three minutes dedicated to Division 3 sports in the state of Iowa. We are going to get up. And this week, we're talking about quite possibly the biggest football D3 success story until maybe recently with Ali Marpet with the Bucks. But Fred Jackson, the pride of Coe College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a guy that you know he got a late start to his career played in some of the smaller leagues bounced around a little bit finally got the start and at a running back at 26 years old already near the end of that running back prime and it took him a couple years to kind of settle in but his third year really started to become a force thousand yards rushing over 300 yards receiving multiple years over a thousand yards all-purpose yards not too bad for a guy that was playing for the Cohawks about seven but um, one of the things that always has stood out to me is the 2011 season, kind of right before he kind of lost a little bit of his career that was left to injuries. But And that was around the same time that uh, Marshawn Lynch really big for the uh, Bills. But man, 10 games before getting injured, only 170 carries and 934 yards. Huge. Yeah, almost... Yeah. Almost 100 yards a game. And a resident of Ankeny, Iowa right now. Yeah, he's a guy that, you know, he's a lo- someone that a lot of people, especially in the American Rivers Conference that Coe's a part of, that know his story, know the history of his work at the college. And they look to it as, okay, if he made it, why can't I? You know, I've, I've talked to an Ali Marfet. I talked about Jojo McNair from Warburg who wants to play at the next level. He is the type of guy that serves as almost like an inspiration to some of these guys. Alex Tanney, another one who had an amazing college career, but four-time All-American at Co. over 2,700 career rushing yards, two-time conference MVP, and he graduated with a degree in sociology. So you, that's, Smart dude. Yeah, that's something you get at the D3 levels. You get a really good education, too. And I think he's pretty, got some pretty athletic kids right now, too, growing up in the Ankeny system. Uh, Great D3 and 3, man. That's a that's a big name. I remember him killing it on my fantasy football for about three or four games and then always kept him because I thought he would come back. He never made that uh, big comeback that I thought he would have. Uh, but when you look out at Iowa State and Iowa not grab that guy. You never know. It's These are the type of guys that slip under the radar. Sometimes it's because of times. It's because they played at a small school. Um, but yeah, co-snagging him out of Arlington, Texas and yeah. ends up becoming a, a huge success story and you know, it was never necessarily made the Pro Bowl. Had a couple seasons where he likely deserved a Pro Bowl oh, nod, yeah. but overall, a fantastic career for a guy that was coming out of a small school in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And as you mentioned, Marshawn Lynch, McGahee. I mean, he was he was surrounded by some other great receivers. They had a good running back room or run, uh, receivers, running backs. Uh, great running back room around there. Fred Jackson, D three and three Frenchie. We appreciate that. Uh, we will be taking a break soon so we can get CJ Snare on the phone of Firehouse. Um, and I, I need to sit down, man. I'm on week two of uh, Coach Marwin and Boxing Blaze, and uh, he worked me. What, what else? Let's see, I've had one, two, three, four classes so far, and uh, one coming up Friday. What I've learned so far is trash, and my endurance is nowhere what I thought it was. I mean, I walk out of that place soaking wet, and uh, we officially have your chance to do so too. Coach Marwin does his Boxing Blaze eight week program over on Merle Hay, and starting a week from next week, so I believe the 25th. Or, you know, when Wink, the week that Wingstop is opening, <laughs> you'll need it. Coach Marwin at Boxing Blaze will be giving a free week to start off his eight-week challenge. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, either 6.30 a.m. or 6.30 p.m. Sign up. 
join that uh join the boxing program for the first week. see if you like it then stick it out with me for the next seven weeks and i'm going to be there next week as well i'm not sure if i'm doing 6 30 a.m yet or 6 30 p.m but he's only allowing five slots in each so make sure you hop on boxing blaze on the facebook page send a message or reach out to us at the go deep show and we can tell you how to get signed up but mar coach marwin and uh i gotta give a shout out to manny manny last friday i've never puked during a workout before i puked during a workout who knew you couldn't do burpees for three minutes and uh, apparently these things called military press push-ups. You ever do those before, Frenchie? No. I, I can I, barely do a regular push-up. I, <laughs> I was about to say, when's the last time you did a regular push-up, sir? Uh, probably college. College? <laughs> that's, that's not good. That's not good. What about sit-up? Can we get a sit-up out of you? Not right now. No. Definitely not right now. <laughs> Maybe if we broadcast live from Wingstop during the opening, we'll see if you can get a sit-up challenge going with some of the guests that come in. Uh, but you're listening to Go Deep. We're going to take a quick break. I'm your host, Tyreek. CJ Snare of Firehouse. Joining us right after the break is Go Deep. Welcome back to Go Deep here on 1350 ESPN Radio. I'm your host, Tyreek. And I'm not sure about you, but I'm overly excited for the return of live music. And the first to kick off national shows in the Metro here will be the platinum-selling rock band, Firehouse. Firehouse will be live at Horizons Event Center in Clive a week from tomorrow, March 19th, Friday. Details and tickets online at horizoneventcenter.com. And we're now joined with the lead singer of Firehouse, CJ Snare. Uh, CJ, from D.C. originally, uh, does that automatically make you a, uh, a Redskins or Washington football team fan? <laughs> actually, I've lived in Florida most of my life. Hi, Tariq. Hi, everybody. Uh, so actually, and you're going to think I'm jumping on the bandwagon, but I've been a Tampa Bay Bucks fan for a long, oh, long time. Oh, one of those. It's a great year. <laughs> no, no. I, I lived in Tampa for 14 years. Okay. And I'm speaking to you from Orlando right now, so I'm a Florida guy. Okay, okay. And uh, do you reside in Orlando, or are you guys on the road already? Uh, I live in Orlando, and actually, uh, the last show that we really played that was part of a, a tour that we were doing for 2020 was in Iowa. And it was our St. Patty's Day uh, uh. celebration. And uh, we only did three shows since then. One was a, it was a private show, and one was a socially distanced show out in Virginia. And then we did one in Wyoming where they didn't really have any uh, restrictions. I'm glad we were on the stage, but people were all over the, themselves. And it was fun, but only three shows really since about this time last year. What was your uh, daily routine during quarantine with no traveling tours or shows for the most part, like you said, for the past almost year? Well, I got myself a new grand piano, and so I did a lot of playing, a lot of writing, uh, brushed up on my chops a bit. I've been singing. Uh, because I live in Florida, the weather's really good, too. So we'd go out, and we have annual passes at Disney and Universal and stuff like that. So we kept kind of busy. Uh, you know, when it was first locked down, it was a little more stringent and difficult. So uh, like everybody else, trying to figure out what to watch on TV and uh, trying to get some bottled water and toilet paper, you know? Yeah, yep, it was a, a crisis only like eight months ago. Uh, Go Deep Joint here with lead vocalist and keyboards off of the rock band Firehouse, CJ Snare. CJ, where did the name Firehouse come from? I can't find it anywhere online. Yeah, that would be a difficult one. We used to be called White Heat, actually, and that someone had already taken that name. It was trademarked, so the record company asked us to come up with another name, and our drummer mentioned Firehouse, so we decided that we would all sleep on it for 24 hours. And uh, we thought it was a cool name, so we went with that, and we asked, hey, is the trademark taken on that? No, it's not. So here we are, 30 years later, Firehouse. Firehouse. And when I told my, I have a buddy who lives in Indonesia, I told him that Firehouse was going to be our first big show, and he said they are literally the Beatles here in Indonesia. I had no clue. 
Uh, you guys are huge in Asia and Southeast Asia. Is there a story behind or even a specific song or moment of how you guys grew that international fame so quickly in the late 90s? Well, a lot of it happened uh, because of Sony Music, and we put out a record called Good Acoustics, which was, at the time, MTV was doing Unplugged, and it was pretty much in vogue and very popular. And uh, not just the Indonesians, but Thai, Malaysian, uh, Singapore, uh, the Philippines, really, really embraced that. Uh, and I think the song, I Live My Life For You, became like a national anthem over there, as well as the other ballads that we have like Love of a Lifetime. Actually, when we play uh, in Indonesia and all the Southeast Asian region, uh, we have like four more hits than we do here in the States. So it's pretty amazing. We've spent a lot of time in Indonesia. I've lot, learned a lot of the language and learned to love the food and the customs. So it's kind of cool when we go back. We're looking at maybe going back this year, next year. Uh, Japan is also on the books. Wow. So, and it's gorgeous yeah, over there too. That record, and then people going back in our catalog and embracing uh, the rest of the records. Where's uh, your friend from in Indonesia? Uh, I couldn't even tell you. His parents were from there originally. He lived in Iowa for 12 years, and then he moved back there three years ago, and he loves it. You uh, don't know where he went. Okay. I have no clue where he is. I'll find that out for you. I'll know by next Friday. <laughs> oh, I really like Indonesia too. Man. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. His pictures, his Facebook pictures. I went to Japan, uh, Okinawa for a month. Uh, my buddy was stationed out there, and that that place is gorgeous as well. Yeah, we played in Okinawa. I think it's uh, really different than a lot of Japan, though. I mean, it's more sort of tropical. It's warmer yeah. climbs there. Uh, whereas, you know, Kyoto has the old school vibe. Tokyo is so high tech and new. It's all first world country. So it's really, really cool. But within that small island, uh, it's very uh, diverse in its cultural, you know, I mean, it's all still Japanese, but, you know, there's definite separations of different regions and stuff. Yeah, we love sure. playing it. Yeah, and you talk about how, you know, you guys have almost four more songs na internationally than you do nationally. Uh, the, the Billboard kind of categorizes you guys as glam rock band, but how do you describe or classify your type of rock? Well, I would say that we're a, a melodic hard rock band. We always put the emphasis on melody. Uh, you know, at that time, when we came to the record label, that would be 1990, uh, we were a blue jeans and t-shirt band. And, uh, you know, the trend was kind of to be more glammy. So they, you know, made our hair even bigger for the videos and they styled us with, uh, you know, more fancy clothing and everything like that. We were starving musicians at the time. So we're like, hey man, we're gonna do this. So we can be successful, be rock stars, and make it in music. And you know that lasted for a while, and then uh, the grunge era kind of came along and Change swept rock. a lot of yeah, they swept a lot of artists away. And it was because of Southeast Asia, Europe, South America that we were able to uh, sustain our career. Go deep. Join here with C uh, CJ Snare of Firehouse. Uh, you guys have seven songs that charted on the Billboard. Hot 100, five of those were top 40 hits. Of those songs, which one is your favorite that you wrote and also to perform? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. It could be different all the time. I guess the one that really got the most legs was Love of a Lifetime. I mean, we had a yes. top five hit with that and so many people have used it in their weddings or their anniversaries. And, you know, even though it's a bit cliche and, and we do play it every night and I never get tired of it, uh, sure you because, do. Sure you do. No, I'm I sick don't. Of that song. Actually, seeing the audience react the way they do, and like I said, it, it got legs 
They've had some teeth to it. And yeah. the people, uh, you know, it's their reaction. I can never hear that enough. I don't think any of us can. Because uh, for some reason, it really uh, touched the hearts of people. And I think it's one of those iconic songs that uh, has withstood the test of time. Yeah, I mean, 55 million views just on that one song on YouTube, I believe. Uh, we're going to get get you out of here shortly, man. Who were some of the bands you rocked as a kid or some of your musical idols? Well, I really liked uh, Alice Cooper. I used to be into classical music. So, you know, my mom's like, if you could play this, you could play anything. And so she was kind of like a tiger mom to me on the piano. <laughs> and then I started singing a lot, too. You know, the kids would come around and go, hey, did CJ come out and play softball? And she, she would be like, well, when he finishes practicing piano, he can come out. And I hated her for that at the time, and now I thank her every day. I thanked her yesterday. Thanks, Mom, for pushing me. But uh, after classical music, I kind of got into Alice Cooper. A friend of mine in school turned me on to it. And then Kiss. And then, of course, I liked Van Halen and Judas Priest and the Scorpions and Sticks and Foreigner. And it just kept going on and on and on. And you guys had better hair than all of those bands combined. Uh, seven songs on the Hot 100, five in the top 40s. We can witness all these songs live next uh, week from Friday, March 19th, only at Horizon Event Center and Clive. Limited tickets still available at horizoneventcenter.com. CJ, we appreciate you joining us today. I know you're a busy man. We look forward to seeing you uh, murder that stage a week from tomorrow, man. If I could add one more thing, I want people to know that what they're coming to witness is still our 30-year anniversary party of a lifetime. Wow, 30 years. Sure. So we are going to be celebrating the 30-year uh, anniversary release of our first CD, which went multi-platinum, and we're going to be playing it in its running order, in its entirety, and then we're going to come back with the other hits that we have and play those as an encore set. Live at Horizon Event Center in Clive. CJ Snare of Firehouse, we appreciate you, man. Look forward to I haven't seen you live yet, so I'll have my lighter ready. I look forward to it, man. I'll see you in a week. Lighter or a cell phone? Lighter cell phone's or cell probably phone. a little safer, so either one's acceptable. All right, and a mask. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in a week, sir. All right, thanks, guys. Go look deep. Forward rocking. Keep rocking. Go, go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Still to come, NFL, uh, former NFL scat back, Tavian Banks, right here. Go deep. Welcome back to Go Deep. Shout out to CJ Snare of Firehouse, 90s rock band, joining us. We had some technical difficulties as the power kept going in and out at the beginning of that interview. Uh, hopefully things will go a little better. And Banks, former NFL scat back, calling in here in a couple minutes. Um, or Frenchie calling him. I think they always play a little uh, patty cake there, Frenchie. I, I don't know if Tavian likes you. You think Tavian likes you? No. No? <laughs> because he doesn't answer your phone calls? Yes. Doesn't respond to your texts? Yeah. He's like that girlfriend, that boy, or not even girlfriend, that tender person you talk to a few times but now they want you to just go away uh but tavian banks should be joining us here shortly uh seneca wallace joined us in the first hour a new wing stop opening in ankeny or across from the walmart uh next to the batteries plus i believe uh march 25th so perfect timing for the heat of march madness for you to jump in and grab some wings i believe he's oh is that right uh, I, think, I think i might miss that part yeah but. only to go window so make sure you hop online to order pick up curbside delivery or carry out, uh, but only to go. It's a smaller unit. Uh, I think he said only 1,100 square feet, but they're going to be pushing out wings, especially during times like the Super Bowl and March Madness, which we got Selection Sunday coming up this Sunday, a couple days. Uh, French, you got a you got a horse in this uh, besides Hawkeyes? You got anyone else in this Big, Big Ten tournament? Not in the Big Ten. It's Hawkeyes or bust, but my, my true love will always be North Carolina. So 
hoping that they could surprise some people, maybe even at least make a Sweet 16 run. Had a really big, dominant win over Notre Dame last night, and hoping maybe they can make it to the semis of the championship in the ACC tournament this week as well. Yeah, I still got my money on Michigan State, man. I I wasn't sold on Michigan, and here we are again. Michigan looking like they're not they're not that dude, uh, but they'll still go in as a one seat regardless of what happens. I think I just it, they're looking more and more like they haven't had enough games under their belt that month off and early. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that. I'm real excited for this betting season with uh, March Madness. My question for you is how deep do you think Gonzaga goes? They're undefeated. They're probably going to be the number one overall seed. It's the same thing every year. They haven't played anyone. And even a lot of their teams down the stretch, you know, obviously they're mid-major teams, but a lot of them are 100. Yeah, I, I, I don't like their schedule every year. They know what to do to make their schedule tougher, and they, they don't add those games uh, or jump in those early season tournaments like a lot of the Big Ten, Big 12 teams do. Uh, but they, they held it this long, and so I, I got to imagine they're at least a Final Four team. I don't think they win it. It's tough for me to see Gonzaga win it, uh, but they're built for it. I mean, why wouldn't they? They're dominating every team that gets in front of them, but again, who have they played? You know, St. Mary's is not the test for Baylor. I think Iowa might be the best team they've played all year. They won by 10 in that game, and that was very early in the season. That was the same weekend as the Big 12 championship. Yep, it was earlier in the season, and uh, I feel like they dominated most of that game. It was only a 10-point win at the end, but uh, they definitely were too much for Iowa at the time. And Iowa, I would say, is the better team now because they play a little bit of defense, and they've figured out how to score some shots without um, relying on a three. But Gonzaga seems like the truth. I, you know, Michigan, not quite, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan made it to the Final Four championship team. It's just right now, they don't look like they're built for that. We'll see how this weekend goes. Uh, same with Big 12. It's going to be a lot of Big 12 teams costing the other team, costing another Big 12 team a seeding. You know, you got a lot of these four and five, seven and eight Big 12 teams that one or two losses or an early loss in the tournament right now could drop them a lower seed, which is going to make a big difference right now. And everyone's in Indianapolis this year, right? Yes. Is that correct? Throughout the whole tournament? Yes, I believe so. It's going to be crazy. Anyone, uh, If you're lucky enough to go to Indianapolis this year, give us a call. 515-244-1350. We'll open up the phone lines here at the end of the hour. Uh, and we might have op- opened them up now because I'm getting a text from Tavian saying that he's not going to be able to call in. Uh, he's got a fire at work. Not necessarily, but uh, something's happening. Something to put out. There we go. I shouldn't say fire. All of a sudden, we see the morning register. Oh, Tavian Banks in a fire. Uh, but Tavian won't be joining us. <laughs> News, Davian Banks putting out a fire. Not only a former NFL scat back, but now a fireman here in the Des Moines market. Uh, so Davian Banks won't be joining us for the second week in a row. I can't wait to rub this in. You know, he feels bad every time he can't make it. Like, he felt so bad last week. And I kept dragging it out, making him feel worse. Like, oh, no, it's all right, man. We only hyped you. You know, you were the star of the show, man. No, and he's not the star, but... I was going to say the same <laughs> week we had Caitlin Clark. Mm. Uh, yeah. Caitlin was awesome last week. And we had, uh, I had quite, quite a few listeners talking about how... Uh, they were impressed with Caitlyn. They didn't think that Caitlyn, you know, someone said, oh, she just seems like she's so mean all the time. It was fun to hear her laugh. Come on now. What what, what does that even mean? You you hate Kobe when he's Kobe. And, and people also say, oh, you compare Caitlyn to Kobe. Uh, right now, I mean, Diana Taurasi, I compared her to Kobe at the time. When she was coming out of high school, going to Connecticut, she was beasting fools. And now how many championships does she have? I think she just got another one last year, correct? Uh, the Mercury did not win it this past year. Um, so maybe that was 2019, but, you know, Tyro, she turned out to be that beast. 
Mm-hmm. And I think Caitlyn, wherever she goes, bro, she's going to turn out to be that beast. Hopefully she's still a friend of the show. Uh, she has a great personality. She's fun. We're going to have some fun with her. And the fun thing is that, you know, we had Megan Gustafson a couple of years ago, but she was not like the face of women's college basketball. Like you've seen some other girls like um, Diana Taurasi, yep. Brianna Stewart, uh, a Brandon lot of Grimes. UConn. Uh, yeah, Maya Moore, a lot of UConn and Notre Dame players. UConn, but then they, like last year, Sabrina Yunosko, yep. who came out Oregon. of Oregon. I think Caitlin Clark is the next one in that line. She's very much Sabrina. She's very much good. And because she's in Iowa, she doesn't have that hype yet. But wait till she's a junior. Wait till she's a sophomore, even. And the way she's playing right now, she might join, if, barring an injury, if she can keep playing at this level, she could join Sabrina as the only 2,000, 1,000, 1,000 players in basketball history. Another, what, 27 points last night? Yeah, and what was considered a down game. Also because uh, Holly Cezano came off the bench and scored 38. Yeah, and uh, she's going to be good, man. And we talked about last week, and we need to double-check on this rule, but I believe NCAA all-around for basketball could leave after her freshman year, which no one does for WNBA because it doesn't pay enough to make you want to leave college. You hone your skills and enjoy college. Uh, but is that true, Frenchie? She can she can leave after the first year if she wanted, it, right? I know it's an NCAA rule for men's basketball, obviously. And uh, uh, apparently, as most recently of 2016, players can leave early. That's why I, I don't know if it's after the freshman year or what the case is. Well, she could, but why Why does she need to? She can stick around at Iowa for four years, make them a great school again. Uh, and they've already got a good basketball team and great coach already uh, as far as the Lady Hawkeyes. But, man, she is a beast. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like the drag. So the is the WNBA is a WNBA rule, not an NCAA rule. Okay. Uh, the WNBA requires players to be at least 22 to complete their college eligibility, to have graduated from a four-year college, or to be four years removed from high school. Wow. So, so they so, make you go play overseas before you can come join the league if you don't go to college. Yeah. But, wow. I mean, if you're going to the WNBA, there's only 60 players in that draft. You're, you've probably come in from college unless you were already international yeah and they take a lot of international players and that might be the move that might be a shake and i and i bet because international for men is you know they pay for your house they pay for your home they give you minimum two hundred thousand, which is plenty and you're a superstar there for women it's probably very comparable to what the WNBA actually pays because they don't pay that well yeah and honestly the money might go further yeah in oh. like britain france poland greece for home or a car and you're getting free drinks and free food anywhere you go. What do, 200 G's is plenty because your, your standard of living, living is about 30. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Caitlin's going to be a superstar. And uh, I'm glad that some of the listeners enjoyed hearing her uh, hearing her personality because I think she's a cool girl and have some fun with her. She's beasting people out there. We're gonna, maybe we'll give her some trash talk words to, to uh, throw out there when she's playing against people. And Frenchie needs to start her uh, Wikipedia page as well. I believe she gave him full permission to start her Wikipedia page instead of that creepy page we found online. Yeah, that, that was a little uh, little weird. That was very weird. <laughs> very weird. But she wrote with the punches on that top 10. Uh, so shout out to Caitlin Clark. Came through last week. Uh, thanks. I know it's week number two. You're not going to make it on the show with us. Uh, the bank account statement will return next week. We'll push them. We'll press them. We'll, we're going to make them feel bad about it. And uh, maybe we'll get some uh, free highlights. Maybe have them sign some shoes for us or something. Uh, what do you think some Tavian Banks kicks signed would go for on the internet these days? Um, maybe, maybe a signed football card probably a couple hundred bucks uh, <laughs> if, if you're finding the right you know the right fan targeted audience not i mean you don't think at a silent auction at the hawkeyes alumni party he can get you know ten thousand dollars for a pair of shoes <sighs> that'd be a tough one i think at a hawkeye wow. hawkeyes one probably Ugh. if we're talking like just throwing it on ebay that's gonna be a little bit tougher a couple hundred bucks we're gonna have to run that back for tavia next week 
couple hundred bucks for a signed Taven Banks card. It also depends how many are in circulation and the demand for them. I mean, is he considered the running back in Iowa high school history or in, up there? In Iowa history, he's definitely up there. I, I would definitely probably... A couple probably, hundred bucks running back shoes in Iowa history. Because you're going to have a Hawkeye <laughs> fan. It's pretty much the only one that's going to buy that. Yeah, that's you, true. You think that 90% of the rest of the country is going to for more than a couple hundred dollars? Maybe there's a Jacksonville Jaguar fan still holding on to when he left it and saying, man, if this guy didn't have these injuries, he would have been the man. I need this card. Maybe Mark Brunell will buy it. You never know. <laughs> uh, but Tavian Banks will join us next week. Unfortunately, he won't be able to join us. Uh, Frenchie, you want to update us on that breaking news again? Run it by us. So, well, the Duke Bulldogs. I just like to throw this out. I love doing that sound as much as possible. Uh, yeah, Duke out of the ACC tournament due to a uh, COVID positive test for one of their players. I did not see online when I was looking earlier of who exactly it was, but this is coming off a big win over Louisville last night, and they were going to need at least a semifinals or finals run to have a shot at the tournament. So I really think the season's done for Duke. Um, and, you know, they had already lost their, you know, number one recruit. Uh, I think it was in Jalen Johnson, who is, uh, you know, he decided a couple weeks ago that he was going to be done playing and that he was going to focus on the draft, kind of like what we saw from James Weissman last year at Memphis. Yep. So, you know, they were already down him, but the team actually seemed to kind of gel a little bit together without the top prospect. Um, I feel bad for, you know, Coach K and guys like Matthew Hurt just because, you know, yeah, he had opportunity to make a run. He was going to have to win some games in this tournament, but uh, if, there's, if there's any coach that could do it, it's Shashevsky. Yep, yep. The same reason why I put money on the Spartans on Michigan State because he needs to win this tournament or at least get a couple wins to get in there. And those type of coaches, that's when they turn it on. It's playoff as Tom Brady atmosphere or mentality where when you get in the playoffs or the tournaments, you turn it on. And for for COVID to take you out of that opportunity, uh, shows you how real it is. And speaking of James Wiseman, you see uh, he missed the COVID test during the All-Star break that forced him to miss the game yesterday. Yeah, that, and, that's really dumb. And he said, it was, uh, or Coach Kerr said it was a mistake, but then Coach Kerr said, I talked to him and he said he forgot, you know, which is, he says, so it's disappointing because he could have used the practice tonight and we needed him out there. And it's so disappointing that he made the mistake. He forgot. Rookie. Forgot about his COVID test. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Kids like, what, 19, 20 years yeah. old? You you got you got one job, two jobs. You know, it's all star break. You get a week off. Here, you know, what is Kerr telling them last Sunday, last last Thursday before all star break starts? Don't be James a, Harden. Stay away from the strip clubs. Yeah, stay away from the strip clubs. Let's not be in the clubs. Let's not, if we're going to be in the clubs, let's not be on TV and TMZ. And no matter what we do, remember we got this COVID test, so you can make it back in the building. You forgot, rookie. And then he threw out the line. He could have used the practice tonight that that's the most part i love because it's like uh you're not that great yet james wiseman i know you felt like it at memphis penny hardaway might have told you or paid you enough to feel like you're great uh but you're not that great yet to just be missing tests and then have to miss a game because the warriors are in this they're in this playoff run and as much as dante tried to make fun of me for saying that harden leaving the west is going to give the the warriors and possibly the in the west i wasn't lying the warriors are making this run yeah. Steph Curry's playing like MVP Lights Steph Curry. Out. Lights out. I wish he would have been doing it sit, you know, more consistently throughout the season because he would definitely be in that MVP category. And he's still in his Hawks. I'd say top five, top six. But he is lights out. And, and All-Star Weekend, it's just so fun to watch Steph, man. And, and my favorite thing, Kelly Oubre, who this offseason, I've been a Warriors fan for like 12 years at this point. <laughs> and I got to do crap years before Steph and Kerr came to play. But... um. I was ecstatic when they picked up Kelly Oubre in the offseason. 
just because, you know, it's a guy that has two-way potential, and if there's any coach that could really bring it out of him, it's Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich. Yep. Now, in that first first couple weeks, man, shooting like 12% from three-point range, averaging under 10 points a game, and uh, really, really struggling, but he has turned it on. He's been shooting over 40% from three for the last half of the season, basically averaging over 20 a game. This is the type of score, the secondary score they needed. The biggest problem is they still need someone who can create shots. He and Wiggins are kind of too reliant on people like Draymond and Steph to set them up. They need someone else that can create their own shot and take some of that a bit. Uh, pressure away from staff and they need a I, I think they need another big man veteran in the locker room just to kind of help that growth um you know we thought at this point the the Warriors would be trading away their players at the trade deadline and right now it's like they go and get a, a LaMarcus Aldrich that that's that's not you know he's an old dude but he can teach Wiseman a lot and just get some minutes off the bench you know and he'll want to start and they'll, they'll want to pay him uh, but uh, a little piece like that can at least get you in the playoffs. I don't think the Warriors are going to win it this year. I didn't say they were. Oh no, they're not. But they're, but I I I knew they were going to make the playoffs. I you know Harden leaving opens it up for three or four teams. Some Suns are going to have a great playoff run as they did in the bubble. Uh, they just need to stay healthy. Uh, but little teams like you know you you stay close in the game with the Warriors and you're going to be upset you did because Steph he he really cooks in the playoffs. And for him to be doing this in the regular season in a year where he could off, you know, yeah. knowing that Clay was gone, for him to do this is is awesome. And even even Draymond, you know, he's not scoring like at all. He's only averaging six a game. But you know what? This guy is playing his heart out defensively. He he's playing like defensive player of the year, Draymond. He's re-engaged, which we didn't see last year with him. But man, everyone freaked out when uh, Chris Paul had that 19 assist game a couple weeks ago. A week later, Draymond had a 19 assist game as a power forward, yep. and no one talked about it. It's like, are you kidding me? And that's what he does. He's you know part Dennis Rodman, part he's he's such a a, a good leader on this team. He's he's molded into his own where he was just kind of loudmouth. Uh, Draymond, and it, the loudmouth actually was making sense. He was putting great sentences together to teach these. You know, even when he was yelling at KD, I was for Draymond. And the way he treats Wiseman, it's it's a big brother yelling at little brother, but he's trying to make him better. He's not he's not yelling at him and saying you're ruining our team. He's making this guy better. He's on the floor. Uh, Draymond has become such a great leader and great piece of that team. Uh, I don't know when his you know his contract comes up again or his trade value. I don't know if he's worth the money he was paid in the first place. Uh, and I great I get a great defender, and you just need one of those players on your team. Uh, but I don't know if he's ever going to get paid that kind of money again in a second contract. Um, but He's such a great piece for that team. And Steph, you, I agree. They need something else to spread the floor a little more, but I think they need a little big man, you know, kind of like the Nets need a big man. Um, and getting Griffin helps, but I don't know if that's the big man I think they were thinking they were getting, you know. The one thing that I would have loved to have seen them this offseason was go after a trade for Miles Turner. I think he would have fit in perfectly. And that defensive and Miles Turner, you got two guys that they're not the world you know, world breaker three point shooters, but they are at least guys that can step out and you have to at least guard when they're shooting that shot. And a guy that's going to protect the rim. That's the major problem for them right now. Is Weissman, you know, he he can block shots, but he's very un uh, undisciplined right now. Miles Turner is a potential finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. this season. Wiseman is very raw, and that's why again why I think he needs a veteran in there to kind of help him out or a Patrick Ewing coach type to help him out. Uh, but uh, Miles Turner at the at the time when they probably could have got Miles Turner beginning of the season whatnot they didn't think they were playing for anything. Yeah. Uh, Pacers aren't giving up Miles Turner, <laughs> you know they, he is everything. And Sabonis, I mean that's a great team too. Indiana in the small market they're not getting the the love they should. 
Uh, and I'm glad Sabonis finally got a spot on the uh, All-Star team with Durant being injured. Uh, but, man, the, the Pacers are going to be scary. And I, I'm nervous for the Sixers having to play the Pacers early in the playoffs because no one wants to face a team like that who's going to play defense, who's going to be rugged, who's on the bench, you know? And imagine scoring-wise, once they get T.J. Warren and Karis LeVert back. Yep. Those exactly. are two guys that can explode for 25 any night. LeVert's been hurt. I, man, if he would have been there all season, they'd, they'd be sitting atop that top three in the East, I think. Uh, and that's, you know, Durant's got to get healthy, but this hamstring injury doesn't look as minor as they tried to make it seem. They could just be resting him for the postseason because they know they're going to be okay. Uh, but there's something up. Yeah. And it's, it, it is kind of scary, though. That team kind of learned how to play defense yep. a little bit faster than everyone thought. And now it's looking, okay, so we have to outscore them, but we also have to work against a team that can at least defend moderately. And I'm I'm so happy for uh, Bruce Brown from the Pistons in the offseason. He kind of finally got into that rotation. That guy is a dog yeah, on the floor. He'll fight for it. He'll fight for it. And he showed that last year when they didn't have uh, you know Kyrie and Durant. And Nets, let's not forget the Nets. Did they make the playoffs last year? Yeah, they, they snuck into the eighth seed. They snuck into the eighth seed. And that wasn't a sneak in. They had a great run at the end of the season. And that was with a different coach. So now you got Steve Nash, who is, was Nash there last year? No, he mm -hmm. just came in. Yeah. So now you got Steve Nash, who's, you know, that fun and gun offense. If I remember correctly, they actually went like one and seven in the bubble because they didn't have Did Kyrie, didn't have, okay. uh, well, they didn't have, uh, you know, Kyrie missed most of the season. Yeah. They didn't have Kyrie. Kyrie, didn't have KD. And then they had a bunch of people that opted out or were injured and they were working basically with a skeleton. Karis LeVert was their really only top player, the top player, but that still made the playoffs, which is not saying much in the East, uh, but they still made the playoffs. Let's just say they were so, you know, lack of talent they went out and signed jamal crawford to play for them in the playoffs i love jamal crawford man yeah six, but the dude's 40 yeah yeah but he'll still give you 40 he will, he will light you up uh 515-244-1350 let's open up these phone lines 515-244-1350 tavian banks couldn't join us this week uh we'll make him feel bad about it next week and maybe throughout the weekend as i text him and uh tell him how much of a quitter he is on us uh and, but special thanks to uh the people who did show up tavian not tavian um Seneca Wallace, Dante Powell, and AJ or CJ Snare of Firehouse. We had a great show today. We had some fun. Uh, you want to take a break, Frenchie? Or? Okay, we'll take a break and we'll open up the phone lines after the break. 515 244 1350. Go deep. You're tuned in to Go Deep 13 ESPN. 515-244-1350, 515-244-1350. Let me know. I still want to know, does Chicago Bears fans want Russell? I know it's an upgrade, so you got to want him, but is he your your puzzle piece to get you to the Super Bowl or at least set in the playoffs? Uh, I don't think the Bears had a had a uh, quarterback who threw over 30, 30 touchdowns ever, or they've only had one, I believe, and that was about 30 years ago, <laughs> and Russell has done it like seven out of eight of, in the past years. Uh, so it... You know, you you can't not want Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson. I was going to say, I don't think a lot of people want Russell no, Westbrook no. at this point. His team doesn't want him. I don't know if his family wants him either. Sorry, Russell. Uh, but you can't not want Ru Russell Wilson. Uh, but is he that piece? I, I think he's that piece for a lot of teams. I think San Francisco, he would take them to the Super Bowl in no time. I even think if you if Seahawks traded Tua and a pick for Russell, Russell can do some damage. I just don't know if Chicago has the weapons. Uh, but I want you to tell me why I'm wrong. 515-244-1350-244-1350. Frenchie's uh, Chiefs have just let go of their tackles, right? Yep, both Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher cut this morning. And, you know, I'm sad to see them go because I've 
always had a special place in my heart for Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher has really stepped up the last couple of years and earned that, you know, that number one overall pick from 2013 mantra. You saw in the ACC championship, I mean, we saw in the Super Bowl how important those tackle positions are with missing a pro bowler and an all pro, but Mitchell Schwartz just had back surgery and he, he's going to be back this season there. Yeah. You don't know if he's going to retire or not. And Eric Fisher tore his Achilles, which, as we've seen from many NBA players... And myself. Yeah. And imagine being a 300-plus-pound offensive lineman. No thanks. He's not going to be ready by training camp. They said, oh, he might be. It's like, that's not how that works. Well, and the most important part is he's on the last year of his contract, so you can't afford to sign this guy coming off of Achilles. Yeah. He's not KD. And a lot of people say, well, why didn't you look to trade him? I think because they probably looked around, yeah. but no one was going to give up anything for a guy in a one-year contract where that contract, he's going to be injured for most of it. And you, and you also look at, is he willing to take the league minimum, which I think he would have been to stay with Andy Reid. you got to remember, this is Andy Reid's first pick as a Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Fisher. He went for the left tackle, which sets it up where you know where they're going in the draft with their first pick, most likely, is you know D-back or old tackle, and Reid is an offensive lineman guy. He... He is going old tackle. You got to think because that's the staple for his offense. That's that's Mahomes' life right there. I think the nice thing is that they will benefit from getting uh, Laurent, the doctor, LDT, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, back from the COVID opt out, as well as their third round pick last year, Lucas Niang, who I think will have a shot at winning that right tackle job. I think they'll look at being, bringing Mike Remmers back, who was that kind of swing tackle for him. And played a lot at right tackle. He struggled in the Super Bowl at left tackle. Yeah, he did. But at right tackle, he played pretty well most of the year. And he also struggled against so, yeah. you know, nothing against him. He stepped in in a, in a tough spot. Yeah. How, how would you like to get that call? Hey, you're filling in for uh, Fisher or whoever may be on the right side at the Super Bowl. And the big thing is that a lot of people are like, well, it's just one offensive lineman they were down. Because, you know, he'd been starting for shorts. But here's the problem. Their depth. He was a backup right tackle. He moves to left tackle. Right guard, who's already your backup right guard because LDT opts out. You move him. Now he's your third string right tackle, and you're down to your third string right guard. Yep. 515 244 1350, 244 1350. It's, uh, I mean, they're, they're sitting in a good place, though. Yeah. They, I, they'll I, be okay. I think with cutting the save, Almost $18 million between the two of them, which puts them right back at the cap limit, which came in about $2 million higher than a lot of people thought it would be. It helps them out a lot. You get an extension for um, Tyron Matthew. It cuts about another $10 million off because you're going to disperse that salary bonus across a couple of years. Restructure Patrick Mahomes saves you another $5 million. And then you know you do a restructure extension potentially for Anthony Hitchens. And then, boom, you got $20 million in your pocket. And... Not many holes. Yeah, I mean, it's scary to know that the Chiefs can reload fairly easy, which you think of the Chiefs and you think they don't need to reload. Uh, but it's scary to think that between a draft and maybe a few trades or even one big trade, the Chiefs are, once again, and they're already favored to win the Super Bowl again, uh, but they can be even better than last year. I think a tackle name to watch is Riley Reef, the former Hawkeye. He just got cut by Minnesota coming off one of the best years of his career. If he wants to take a prove-it deal to try and win a championship, he could be that left tackle for them this coming season while they try to groom a young guy, either whether it's Lucas Niang or someone else they pick up. They've already got their middle linebacker in Anthony Hitchens. they got a young linebacker in Willie Gay they drafted last year. And then I'm looking for them to possibly try and bring back on a multi-year deal and Chavarius Ward as a restricted free agent. Very shocking that the Vikings cut Riley like that. I, I get it, but I, I didn't see that coming. Like, I get that you're trying to save money, but that 
you already have an offensive line problem, so you're going to cut a guy that actually had a pretty good season for you. It's 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 not a a big position where you say, oh, it looks like they're rebuilding, but you you cut that, you got to replace that, and they 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 know something we don't, so they might think they have depth there, but that's uh that, that's scary of your cousins, <laughs> and the running game, you know, Cook, uh, but. Vikings are one of those teams that we also talked about that could be a quarterback away if their defense can bounce back because defense had off year last year, and that's Zimmer's T. You know, that's his cup. Uh, but Vikings are another team that could all of a sudden just be back in the playoffs and wouldn't be surprising because we almost expected them to be there this year. Uh, 515-244-1350, 244-1350. Again, thank you to Dante Powell, comedian coming through in the first hour, uh, talking about all things headlines, all things sports, and, of course, his big O segment. And then uh, special thanks to Seneca Wallace. He's over there in Ames right now over at the courtyard uh, that he has some stake into. And he's opening a new wing stop in Ankeny on March 25th. Uh, he won't be there for the grand opening. We might, but he won't be there for the grand opening. Uh, but he'll be back within the week or so after that. Uh, so make sure you stop by on Earl Labor after May 25th. All, all, all your needs for the March Madness. Chicken wings to go and the best chicken tenders in the country. Is that right? Chicken tenders or chicken fingers? Chicken tenders. He chicken. calls. They said they call them chicken tenders. Nah, excuse me, Seneca. Look at he got. Oh, so, he's not coming back on now. You yeah. call him chicken fingers. He's he, not coming back. He got so bougie after owning those wing stops, huh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's doing big things, man. This is, it's gonna be his fourth location in the metro, and he's looking at two more locations in the next year. Uh, he moves fast, so uh, much respect to Seneca coming through and talking about their big score this week. Dak Prescott uh, juking the and getting paid for the next four years. He got what he wanted, and he held out. And I've never seen a injure a quarterback coming off an injury like that leverage in a contract i don't know how it happened but it's because they didn't sign him last year they put their back against the wall with this franchise tag in the cap space and now having a who knew a pandemic was coming that would drop your cap 20 million down and puts you in a situation and now all of a sudden your quarterback has leverage coming off this huge injury and you got to sign him and overpay him yeah and i think the big thing is because he was injured they got to see that even if they have a good team they they need that top-level quarterback to be anything short of successful. Yep, and I didn't tell Seneca this, but I don't know if Dak is in my top five quarterbacks. Uh, and I don't know. I struggle to put him in my top ten. Maybe that's just me hating the Cowboys. So, uh, just But just watching him at, in college at Mississippi State and then just what he's done for the Cowboys has been awesome. And it, But he also had a great line, great running back, decent defense. I, I look at what he was on pace to do last year yeah. without a good offensive line and without a good running game. MVP season, yes. Yeah. I agree. Through, I got to give him his props. The funny thing is, at the end of the year, he still almost had as many passing yards in, like, what, seven games? that or, or No, six games, because he was averaging over 300 yards a game. And he had, like, 1,900. He had almost as many passing yards as Sam Darnold did in a 16-game season. He probably almost had as many as uh, Andy Dalton did. Yeah. <laughs> so, But uh, I... It's so tough because you look at it and he is a great quarterback. He's still a young, you know, he's still he's young, middle man. of his prime. He's only 27. Confident and in another system, another team, a different coaching system, he could shine. Yeah. He doesn't but, have to have the deep ball to to shine, but I don't know if he's going to go anywhere else with the weapons he has. I don't plan, think he's planning on going anywhere no, else. He's, he's anytime locked, in for, soon, four, locked but, in for four years. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned top five. I, immediately, you look at it, you throw Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, still arguably Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson. That's arguably your top five yep. right there. And that doesn't even include Lamar Jackson. It doesn't even include the ascent of Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Next year, I would put Herbert and probably Burrow in that top 10, top 15 
15 conversation. Yeah. We'll have to see how Burrow comes back from injury. He's got a big injury to re- recoup from. but And, and still has no offensive line and really not well, a lot of weapons. And he has weapons. I mean, they have a lot of speed, a lot of talent, a decent running back. I mean, uh, some would say a great running back who hasn't proven himself yet, but a decent running back. That O line is a problem. You can't yeah. you can't put me in this line, me knowing that I'm the possibly best quarterback in the league, but running for my life. It's it's Peyton Manning all over again. But Peyton didn't have to deal with that gruesome injury his first season, and that was that was hard to watch. And you know, watching football team players, the former Ohio State players, done that injury for Dan Burrow or for uh, Joey Burrow, uh, standing there like, man, you don't want to see this happen. And as a competitor, yeah, you want to have the best chance to win. But you never want to see a, a great player like that go down. That was yeah. ugly. But I, I think he's going to bounce back. He's a, he's a kid. Herbert is going to just, I think he's going to excel in this new offense. And I, I'm excited to see if they can get him some more weapons. But Bengals have to attack the offensive line in draft. Have to. Oh, there's no, the draft and free agency. That, I wouldn't be surprised if we were to see one of those Chiefs tackles sign maybe a one-year deal with a team like Cincinnati to try and rebuild. Especially Schwartz, who's probably going to play this year. He's a two-time All-Pro. And had a great couple of injury this season. This is the first year he's dealt with any injury issues in in Kansas City. Yep. And he's going to want to, you know, he feels like he's ready to win now, even though he's still younger than Fisher and all that. Uh, so he's going to want to go to a team that's ready to win now. And Fisher definitely is going to a team that, or that you know, uh, anchor. You know, Fisher I could see going to where he just left, what, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's opportunities for these linemen who got cut. But, uh, and I heard someone say that, Zach Taylor is off to a good start to his coaching career. I don't know about that. I, he, I, and I, I can't say he should have been fired at the end of this year, but we don't know. How do we know? He, he looked good because his quarterback was great, and so he got injured, and then he looked real bad as a coach and made some very questionable decisions. So I don't know if he keeps his job at the end of the season, uh, but I, I don't know that he's. You could call him a good quarterback right now. So. Uh, I don't know where that statement came from from that dude, but uh, Cincinnati Bengals, a couple teams that are going to step up next year. Get out of here soon, man. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Join my producer, Frenchie. Special shout out to everyone who came through, not named Tavian Banks, uh, Seneca Wallace, uh, CJ Snare of Firehouse, Firehouse Sale at HorizonEventCenter.com. The show is a week from tomorrow. Finally, live music is back in our market. Uh, we're going to try to do it safely, uh, but we're going to have some fun. I hear all my Cougar friends are headed to Firehouse next Friday. So, fellas. Now's your chance. Tickets are very inexpensive. Online at HorizonEventCenter.com. Love of a lifetime. You might go find your love of a lifetime. French, are you taking your girl to Firehouse? Um, we'll see. Uh, Wear your mask, sir. Yeah. Wear your mask. Usually don't even get off work till 6, and then I want to go eat and sleep because I usually nah. work Saturdays, too. I believe there'll be pulled pork sandwiches. <laughs> so you had me in pulled pork? We'll <laughs> <Yep>. see. <laughs> uh, this is Go Deep. We'll see you next Thursday, every Thursday, 9 a.m. right here on 1350 ESPN and podcasting. Where? Spotify and Podbean. Check our Facebook page. You can search Go Deep on 1350 ESPN on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at Go Deep Radio. A lot to love. You know, make sure you still go donate to uh, the uh, Variety, Variety, the Children's Charity. Yeah. And you can find those links down on our Facebook page. They were our sponsor of our podcast last week. So it's on the podcast post. It's also down a little bit lower than that. And Katie was fun uh, online at VarietyIowa.com, correct? Yep. We got about a minute left. Anything you want to talk about before we call it a week? Uh, I, I'm excited for the Big Ten and Big 12 tournament. So uh, I'm excited to see how this shakes out. Uh, I'm not sure who I have in the Big I don't have Baylor for some reason. I think Oklahoma's going to win it. Yeah, Oklahoma looked decent, but they didn't look that great against Iowa State. But Iowa State was fighting for the life. Iowa State for always does well in the Big 12 tournament, even uh, when they are that bad. They are the defending Big 12 champions. Let's yeah. just That's all I can say about my team. 
Uh, but I I think Prone will not be here when we join each other next Thursday. I mean, I don't know why you make him wait three months before you fire him. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see any way of him getting his job back. Uh, I don't see him selling tickets at Hilton Coliseum next year. Mm. And I hate to say it because as uh, Matthew Bain said last week, he's bringing these guards in, these great recruits who are pretty sure they're going to the probe with him. But we got to bring in someone who's going to move and shake some things. I'm going to say Walker Kessler, last night for ACC, new freshman record. He's going to be the guy to watch at UNC for the next four years, freshman this year. I'm very excited to see how he develops. I guarantee he won't say four years. He'll stay three. This is Go Deep. We'll see you next Thursday. I'm your host, Tyreek.